hello, welcome to episode 11 of Tiff's Monthly Movie Loot. We are on double digits. First of all, I'd like to thank anyone that has been listening. The podcast has been doing moderately well as far as listeners go, but this last two weeks it got a slight boost. Not sure why, but if you're listening, thank you for putting up with me. I really appreciate it. As you all know, the purpose of the podcast is to share my thoughts on the films I watch every month as I try to meet certain challenges and criterias. We're already halfway through May. Unfortunately, I had a slow start this month, which is why it has taken me so long in recording this episode, but here we are. So let's start with the first five films I've seen during the month of May. A film mostly set on a train. National Train Day was on May 10, so I wanted to see a film that took place in one. I ended up choosing 1974's Murder on the Orient Express, directed by Sidney Lumet. The film is set in 1935 and follows Detective Hercule Poirot, played by Albert Finney, as he investigates the murder of an American businessman aboard the titular train. This forces him to question the reasons and possible motives of the small group of passengers. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Lumet's direction is simple and tight, and the editing by Anne Coates is pretty effective, but what carries the film are the excellent performances of pretty much everyone involved. I don't think there was a single bad one in the bunch, which is quite remarkable considering it is an ensemble, from Sean Connery to Ingrid Bergman to John Gilgood. But the ones I was mostly caught up with were Anthony Perkins and Feeney. Perkins, who I think I've only seen in one or two films other than Psycho, is excellent as the somewhat meek and fidgety assistant to the victim, but Feeney dominates every scene with a performance that might seem cartoonish on the surface, but still has a lot of great moments when you pay attention to how he uses his voice and his mannerisms and body language. It was a good, good performance. If anything, I think the film became exaggeratedly expository during the last act as Poirot presents his thesis of how the murder occurred to the point that it is somewhat distracting to see him explaining his theory while this bunch of people just sit there waiting to be accused. Regardless of that, it was a fun and worthy watch. A fantasy film. For this category, I chose 2014's Song of the Sea from Tom Moore. The film is based on Irish folk tales and mythology, and it follows Ben, a 10-year-old boy that discovers his younger sister Cersei is a sulky, half-seal, half-human creature with a mission to free capture fairies from the goddess Maka. Uh, this was a choice for the kids, but I found myself captivated by how pretty and endearing both the animation and the story were. I remember that as it finished, I said to my wife, I don't think I understood half of what happened, but it sure was a cute and lovable film. The film relies heavily on Irish mythology, symbolisms, and imagery, and if you're not very familiar with it, like me, you might be left scratching your head a bit with some of the things that happen. But despite the complexity of the surrounding lore, the basic stories of a brother trying to protect his sister and the longing for the love of a mother are fairly easy to follow. The animation is very unique with some interesting choices in terms of the use of perspective or the lack of it and minimalist drawings with heavy lines. If you see it with the kids you might have to explain some of what happens to them but I'm sure they'll enjoy it anyway. A film with a bird's name in its title. This category came because of National Bird Day which was May 4 and I went with 1962's To Kill a Mockingbird. Set in early 1930s Alabama, the film follows Atticus Finch, played by Gregory Peck, an idealistic and well-intentioned lawyer assigned to defend a black man, played by Brock Peters, for the rape of a white woman, and how these events impact the lives of his two young children, Jem and Scout. 
I guess this is one of those boxes that I just had to check off my list, but damn if it wasn't a good one. I really like the fact that despite what the synopsis might lead you to think, the focus of the story is not necessarily the rape or the trial, but rather how this family deals with the social implications. Peck is simply excellent in the role as he avoids easy cliches to sell it, but instead relies on a more stoic yet nuanced approach to the character. Both Philip Alford and Mary Badham are also great as Finch's children, with Badham having the most emotional performance. However, I was more impressed by Alford, who uses his face, eyes, and body language a lot, as well as his silence to convey the different emotions and states of mind of Finch's son. You just have to look at Alford's performance during the different moments where Jim, his character, is simply looking at Finch's behavior and reactions in several crucial moments to see his character scanning what's happening, trying to process these complex situations that are thrown at him. Uh, it's an excellent performance. Kudos also to Brock Peters, who has an excellent scene as he shares the story of what happened, his testimony at the trial. I admire the approach that Peters and director Robert Mulligan take to handle the testimony of the black men by treating it the way it is, as a rape, and contrasted with the testimony of the alleged victim. I admire the way they presented that. I do feel that what happens in the last act does feel a bit anticlimactic and too convenient a resolution because it brings up a character that we're not really invested in. But that's really nitpicking. This film is strongly recommended. A film with Clint Eastwood. This category was in honor of Mr. Eastwood, whose birthday is on May 31. The film follows Frank Morris, played by Eastwood, after he is sent to Alcatraz for his pension to escape from prison. As he learns to navigate the common day life in his new place, he also starts to devise an elaborate plan to escape, along with two other inmates. The film is another collaboration between Eastwood and director Don Siegel. They worked together on several films, most notably Dirty Harry. Siegel and writer Richard Toggle take an interesting approach to the film, refusing to focus on Morris' past or giving him a backstory. Instead, they focus on the logistics of the escape and how they plan to do it. Since the focus is more on the will they, won't they side of things, this might not allow some people to connect with the characters. It reminded me a bit of Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, where the film is more focused on the planning of the heist than it is in developing the characters, which makes it feel a bit cold and distant, being plot-driven instead of character-driven. That simplicity might work for some, while others not. Uh, the film also falls on some tropes of the prison film subgenre, but regardless, the film is very engaging and thrilling. There is a certain energy to how the events unfold, particularly during the last act. Eastwood is effective as Morris, and Patrick McGuhan is excellent as the quote-unquote evil warden, even if he doesn't get much screen time. There's one more thing I need to get off my chest, and it is how similar this film is to The Shawshank Redemption, down to very specific details, like a prisoner digging a hole on his cell wall while dumping the dirt outside through his pants, hiding something inside a Bible, befriending a more introspective black inmate, working at a library, to name just a few. It's baffling. I really don't know if Stephen King or Frank Darabont used this as an inspiration, but considering the similarities, I wouldn't be surprised. Either way, Escape from Alcatraz is a solid, thrilling film, even if it doesn't have a lot of meat to it. A film with the number 5 in its title. 
for this final category, I chose the Central Park 5. Ken Burns' documentary follows the events of the Central Park Jogger case and how five black and Latino teenagers ended up arrested, tried, and wrongly sentenced for a crime they didn't commit. This is the kind of film that it's bound to make you feel pissed off as you see how these children were, to put it mildly, mistreated by everyone. And you can see the bias from the police force, the media, and the public in passing judgment on the victims without necessarily having all the facts. The documentary is very straightforward, which, as someone that wasn't that familiar with the specifics of the story, is helpful. I do wish I could have connected more with it emotionally. I did get teary-eyed at some points, but I think Burns could have done a bit more to make us feel the tragedy that happened. Still, I respect Burns' more sober approach. Despite what I said, the documentary is indeed powerful and would probably leave you thinking, what would I have done if something like that happens? I've heard that Ava Duvernay's series When They See Us is also very good, so I might check that one as well. And that's all folks for tonight. This week's loot was pretty good. Not a bad film on that bunch. Still have a couple of categories left for the rest of the month. So this is what I have in store. Any film that starts with the letters I or J. A film from the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die list, whose ranking includes the number 5. A film from the 1940s. A film about mothers. A film about Muslims or Islam. A film set in space. A film featuring the media prominently. A film set in a country or place you'd like to visit a film from Norway, and a film that won either the Palme d'Or or the Grand Prix at Cannes. If you want to recommend any film, go ahead and look me up on Twitter or Letterboxd and let me know. I'm at TIFCGT, T-H-I-E-F-C-G-T on Twitter and TIFF12 on Letterboxd. Also, anything you might want to share about the films I've seen or the podcast itself, just hit me up. I'm brainstorming a couple of ideas for new things that I might do with the podcast, so stay tuned. With that said, episode 11 of TIFF's monthly movie loot is done. Remember, like, follow, and share the link. Have a great week and stay safe. Al, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave, this conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. Al? Al? Al?